0: Welcome to the Pocha Podcast at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. Charlene, oh my God, it's July and it's still hot.
1: Oh my, it is hot and now the droves of mosquitoes oh, have yeah. descended upon us. You live closer into the valley than mm. we do
0: by like, what, two miles? But that makes a huge difference. Dude, like, no. You guys are thick with mosquitoes down here and it's we're gross. like... No, we just have June bugs still.
1: No, you have to like run to your car (laughs) doing a crazy waving the hand dance just so that you don't get Zika in the driveway.
0: The joys of living Mm -hmm. in rural New Mexico. And you know, we don't even have a whole lot to complain about because there are other places where their mosquitoes are jihugulous, like the size of your fist, flying around, having conversations with you. Like, are you going to drink that? So we No, good...
1: at least these ones have to like start a sorority in order to be able to really <laughs> do damage. So Science. what's a
0: sorority that you have around your house?
1: <laughs> Kappa Gamma your <sucky> blood. <laughs> I,
0: I love you hard and I missed you. <laughs> and I hope everyone else missed you too. <laughs> Aw.
1: It's been, you know, what, fifteen days or so? <laughs> Something like that. Ooh. See? They missed you
0: so much. They were like, "Hey, I need to get a hold of you right now in this mm, moment. Our You're super popular. I, I mm. really am." <sighs> Speaking of being popular, mm-hmm. um, you know, just want to say to all five of our listeners, mm. thank you for getting us over 10,000 downloads on <gasps> our podcast. Oh my god! Appreciate
1: that. Cheers, Kat. Absolutely,
0: because you know, ding!
1: I love that. And. Mm. We are over uh, 600 Instagram followers. <gasps> Look at us go. That's cute. I'm saying this is the year. That's respectable.
0: My, In fact, this is so much the year that my um, retirement is banking on it. So <laughs> let's make this happen.
1: <laughs> that means like all five of our Latine listeners told their fa- immediate families and they also sub- <laughs> subscribed <laughs> Kat, what are we talking about? It's the Weedy Weedy for July. It is the Weedy Weedy for July. And so
0: this is something that I brought to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just because it was on TikTok. So, this conversation for me about white passing or white perceived or um, white presenting
1: mm-hmm.
0: was something that has been sitting in my brain for a while because I attended a convening yeah. online in the times of COVID, mm-hmm. which was. You, Made that possible. COVID made that convening possible. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't, I don't know that we, uh, that I would have had that opportunity to be part of that conversation. Sure. And that conversation was with respect to anti-blackness in the Latina community. And one of the things that was discussed in this convening was white, white passing or white perceived Latina people, mm-hmm. and their proximity to whiteness. Mm-hmm with that anti-blackness racism that can happen in Latina communities. Sure. And we've talked about this before. So this isn't necessarily something that is new to us, mm-hmm. but it was something that was trending in the socials because there was a very prominent TikTok uh, creator
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, Lance or Modern Warrior did a TikTok, which has since been pooled, Mm -hmm. where his um, girlfriend said, if you identify as white presenting or white passing, and then the camera turns to Lance, and then he says, you're white. And that caused a lot of Mm -hmm. uproar within different communities, primarily the indigenous TikTok, but there were other um, BIPOC communities who were putting their two cents in. Mm -hmm. And I brought this to you, not so much that we can talk about the creator, or TikTok or anything else, but just the the issue of white passing for Latina people. And before we get that started, you know, just an acknowledgement that like white passing for other populations, in particular black communities, mm-hmm. like the acknowledgement is there that there in some generations that was a lifesaver. Absolutely. Like it literally saved lives. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm separating that conversation from a historical significance of what it means. And just to have a conversation about what that means in the Latina community. So I sent that to you as just like a, a, a thought processor.
1: Right. And I had not seen this. And when I went to actually watch the video, it was gone. So it wasn't there. But there were people who had already sort of remixed it. And so I was able to watch the original clip with folks sort of commenting on like, hey, man, like you're missing the complexities. You're missing the nuances. You're Mm -hmm. missing the whole meat of why this is a thing. And now that original creator is hosting a healing session and all the things are obviously... I don't want to stay treading backwards, but they're definitely addressing the uproar that was caused by this original post. And it made me think about, certainly we've had the conversation about colorism within the Latina community, right? Racism, colorism, light skin, dark skin, fighting amongst our own community. And It did make me think about why does it matter like why why is this a thing why are we even talking about this and honestly it's because there are privileges to having lighter skin lighter skin people fit the dominant cultures beauty standard and they're afforded things like more job opportunities particularly for people where The aesthetic is the part, like actresses or models or things like that, but that's not limited to just those folks. Those are a minority, right? It's also regular folks, just racism exists, colorism exists. So there's a hierarchy of skin color where light skin equals power and privilege and darker skin equals just the opposite. So to be white passing means that you have access to things that other black and brown folks with more melanin may not. Um, And this is particularly true for women. So there's been a ton of research studies that show women with lighter skin fare better, not only financially, they earn higher educational degrees, which certainly those two things can be related, but they also have what they call in the research, a higher spousal status. What is that? Which basically means you're marrying up or mejorando la raza, right? Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. you get, you catch a better partner. If you have lighter skin and whatever we want to call better, like they right. have more money making ability, whatever, whatever. But and also white passing goes to there's a whole health component to lighter skin people have better Physical and mental health in the long term, and uh, we can go back to access to things and where you get to live and where you get to work and where if you had schooling, and all it's all fucking related, right?
0: Right, and microaggressions that you may or may not encounter because of
1: your the stress skin, absolutely, and what that does to our bodies. So it it really is an issue that we can say is I mean, who cares? What difference does it make? it can be a life or death difference for people over the course of a lifetime. It can. And, you know, to your
0: point about who cares, you know, just to, just to bring it back to the central point of race is a social construct.
1: Absolutely.
0: So this, even talking about white passing, white perceived, white presenting, All of that is based on, and let's just never forget that this is a social construct that was made to put someone in power over others, over the other.
1: This is a bullshit thing. It is man-made. We made this up as a human race, put value on melanin. Instead of valuing someone's work ethic or their integrity or their talent, we would rather base their worth immediately on just seeing them. Whatever you look like, like what the fuck kind of lazy shit is that, seriously? Like I want to be, I want to be able to look at you and judge whether or not you're worth my time, my investment, my conversation, letting you go cut in front of me in line at Starbucks, like whatever it is. How lazy are we that this is a thing? L- lazy
0: and gross, of course.
1: Gross. <laughs> it's so gross. Like do the work, people. Get to know who people are. I'm going to tell you right now that if I deem someone an asshole, it is because I have studied that shit. I have done my research. I have dug deep and made the determination at some point or another, you're just an asshole and I don't want to deal with you.
0: I think we should be making passing judgment on individuals by how much they tip at oh restaurants. Oh my God, That's, please. That should be the... Underlying, like how, what kind of a person are you?
1: And if they wash their hands after they go to the bathroom?
0: Oh my God, yes. <laughs> whether it's it's n- numero uno or numero Doesn't dos, matter. like yeah, what whether or not you should mm-hmm. wash your damn hands. But so the p- the other part of the reason that I sent it to you was, and so in my heart of hearts, when I first watched it, I was like, the fuck is this shit? You know, I mm. I was in my feels about it
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I felt. Like, I was not that I was being personally attacked, but maybe I was being personally attacked. And I sent it to you because you are kind of my, you know, not my moral compass, but you definitely sometimes recenter or refocus. And part of that sending it to you to recenter, refocus is because, like, one of us, me, is more <laughs> white passing. <laughs> not that I self identify, but that. Um, but that is the case. Mm -hmm. And I I wanted to have that conversation with you on a couple different fronts. One, yes, the nuances of what does it mean? What is the proximity? And I knew that you were going to bring like this intelligent, like aspect to it. And, uh, you know, not that I wasn't, but mine was a visceral, like, well, you know, fuck. And this is part of the when I w- when I went through that convening, I really had to sit in my own juices and stew a little bit
1: Balgamena about juices. what it meant. Yeah, all of the juices, the white passing, juices. <laughs> the white juice. passing <laughs> juices. <laughs> and
0: you know, some of it is like I I have no control over my my genes. I have no c- control Absolutely. over who my ancestors were yep. or are. Yep, those are things that are outside of my control. What's mm-hmm. inside of my control is what I do with that. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Do I, you know, do I utilize that to get a, you know, quote unquote, to get ahead, to mejorar la la raza? Do I, you know, do I do all of these things to gain that proximity to whiteness and and be in the system?
1: And it's complicated. And here's where we hit the nuance. Here's where it's not Mm. that simple to just make this blanket statement is that while you can certainly say that you are more white-passing than I am if we're doing this whole hierarchy of skin tone thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You also do not ascribe to the dominant culture's version of what a female should look like and dress like and be, like I do. So I might be darker-skinned, and I might have some more, like, indigena features or whatever, I wear makeup, I dress femme, that's who I am, that's how I feel comfortable. So you don't necessarily get to bask in all of the privilege that would come to a lighter-skinned femme person either because you carry this other piece of yourself that certainly people take in when they first meet you so that is one of the things that I wanted to bring to the
0: table and this is not an apples to apples comparison for sure this is just a parallel or an intersection in different ways is queers have a passing aspect as well Mm -hmm. so my partner passes as straight
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I Don't think that I do in largely the way that I dress or, you know, come into this world or come into conversations. And I've never tried to shy away from Mm -hmm. being either Latina or being queer. Like Mm -hmm. if people ask about my, I'm certainly going to say my partner, you know, so there's that part to it. And again, this is not an apples to apples but there is an element of the passing in the queer community, mm-hmm. in particular with, with transgender individuals, right? Yes. The quote unquote passing of a trans individual. Um, and so that's that's kind of in that area, in that gray area of a social construct of a binary and Absolutely. the need to pass because you need to have this proximity to power in in. In the queer community, the proximity to power is straightness or cisgender.
1: That's the dominant culture. That's the
0: dominant culture. Yes. And so for BIPOC people who live in several different worlds, the passing can be proximity to whiteness as well as proximity to straightness.
1: Which, I mean, and I feel like you're almost apologizing for, well, the comparison isn't, it's not apples to apples. It never is. We're all our individual selves. And we come from a different history. We come from a different background. We come from a different... My Tuesday of nineteen, you know, ninety nine was fucking different than your Tuesday of nineteen ninety nine. We are coming to whatever present day it is with our own shit, with whatever shit our ancestors had to, handed down to us because of whatever they had to go through. None of us are able to just fit into a little checkmark box, which is what more and more it feels like people need in order to be able to put you into this category where they can feel comfortable and at some point i understand to say that someone's white passing dark-skinned people don't have the same privileges they don't get the opportunity to pretend that they are i mean for all intents and purposes you could Dress it up. You could wear the makeup. You could do the things to try. And I've seen you on one (laughs) or more occasions try, in some instance or another, to to like I'm. This is what, quote unquote, professional should look like. Or this is what, quote unquote, roller derby should look like. Like I'm gonna try to fit this box, and then it didn't go really well. (laughs) (laughs) You had to go back. At least you're being honest. I mean, but. Because, and you, and I say it didn't go well because you could have kept doing that thing that was surface level and feeling shitty on the inside, but you didn't. You chose to say like, this is fucking stupid and I'm not doing it anymore because it doesn't feel like me and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to not feel like me. So you chose to be all of you in these moments, even though you were like, dang, it could just be easier if I just ascribed a little bit more to that dominant culture, whatever that may be in that moment. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Real Cat was like, oh, <laughs> hell no. First of all, I'm going to break a fucking ankle. Second of all, I might be blind because this eyeliner was from like 1987. And that's uh, the truth. No, like none of this is going to work. And and it just was you saying, I need to be my authentic self. And the the rub, I think, is when light-skinned people don't understand that they carry this privilege particularly when they carry these other identities that are discriminated against that are not treated well it's it's difficult to parse yourself out into these pieces of what gets treated well and what doesn't because we're so many different things you cannot just check a fucking box and it It feels like that's what happened with this TikTok. These people were trying to just make this blanket statement about if you're white passing, you're white. Because they have probably faced some discrimination for not being able to just pretend they're white. Like they cannot just walk out tomorrow and be blonde haired and blue eyed. Right. So to to feel that burn, like if I could just have that things would be better for me because they're better for the people that I'm looking at that have that. It's not that simple. It is not that simple.
0: It's not that simple just in general. And you were bringing up something and I want you to, to take a deep dive into this. It's not that simple in a state like New Mexico.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you brought this up when we were just kind of pre doing the show, but you, you know what you brought to the table was it, it's not something that happens in this state, which is in, in New Mexico, which is minority majority mm-hmm. for lack of, you know, smarter terms, but there's a very large Latina population here. Mm-hmm. And for us living here, like for instance, in my shoes, I'm not white passing. I'm not white perceived
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I look like, most everybody else here so i am identified right away as just part of the latina population Mm -hmm. me living in california and new york completely different story right i was clocked as a whole bunch of other european um identities italian Mm. russian armenian
1: because people couldn't place you
0: because they couldn't place me
1: you're not white you're something right you're exotic you're something Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we e-
0: need to know what it is. E- even though, you know, let's face it, Italian and Greek, th- that is white. But I was not, right. I was trying to, th- people were trying to identify me in something that would fit that box mm-hmm. in another area, which here, that just doesn't happen because I just look like most everybody else.
1: Right. We're one of a very small number of majority minority states. And, Two. Well, and so now, interestingly, Ooh, what? do you know that? Texas has the largest percentage of black americans. I
0: am gobsmacked.
1: Right Same. Now. Texas. Oh, Texas. I know. Interesting. I was shocked by this. But yes, we're so we're not exotic. People aren't stopping me on the corner being like, "But where are you from from?" Or, "Why don't you have an accent?" Because we're all from the fucking borderland. Like people assume that we are probably a little bit indigenous, probably mostly Mexican. Maybe you say you're Spanish and maybe you actually are, but whatever. Like if you're in Santa Fe, that's a thing. We all just kind of feel like, yeah, this this is the pot we come from. And it's what everybody else looks like
0: i think the proximity to whiteness though is probably a bigger factor in northern
1: new mexico than it is in southern and we've had this conversation like people saying the spanish thing my roots are european my roots are whatever instead of just being like bro we're from juarez (laughs) it's fine there's again but we're putting a value on what region does your melanin come from and what come on bro like it's too much and i in my particular experience, it has not been about who are you, where you're from, where are your people from, it's assumed, and my pocha Spanish just fits the bill perfectly for where we live, and I don't necessarily feel out of place at home, and it's been an experience to travel to other places and be perceived differently, which like you've lived in LA, you've lived in New York. I've only visited places. I mean, I lived in Austin, which was a little bit different. And I faced a few different things. Mostly people not knowing New Mexico is a fucking part of the United States, which (laughs) I literally got into an argument with a dude at Staples about it. But other than that, it wasn't about who I'm like people questioning my worth as a human being because they didn't understand what I was. Mm-hmm. The
0: last thing that I wanted to, or maybe not last, but one of the things, because this could go on, like this could be a whole ass conversation that lasts hours. But one of the things that this brought to mind was in what they, so my visceral reaction was like, what the fuck, man? And again, Mm -hmm. I'm not like attacking the creator or anything. Like they said what they said, whatever. They're dealing with their own consequences. Mm -hmm. In terms of what this made me feel and having to actually... Again, stewing my own juices about it. I really did have to look at, they said, if you self-identify, and that's different to me mm. than if you are a light-skinned whatever mm-hmm. or a white passing, white perceived
1: mm-hmm.
0: insert. And I really did have to sit and think for a you know, a few <laughs> days apparently, <laughs> like a week. <laughs> And just be like, okay, you know, I. There is a difference between someone who is self-identifying and leaving behind purposefully their ancestry, yeah. Yeah. their gente,
1: mm-hmm.
0: to be in proximity to,
1: mm-hmm.
0: as opposed to being perceived. Being perceived. But not identifying. Right. So for instance, I am perceived outside of New Mexico mostly, but I don't I self-identify mm-hmm. as white passing. This doesn't mean I haven't had privilege, more privilege sure. than X, Y, and Z. Sure. But by and large, I am not self-identifying as a white passing individual, leaving behind my mom, mm-hmm. my family, and mm-hmm. their struggle coming over from well, Mexico. Or my even my father's side of the family and their struggle.
1: Dude, I would say you plop your mom into a <laughs> cafe in Boston without her speaking mm-hmm. in her accent. Mm-hmm. People are going to think she's a white lady. Mm-hmm. Like, straight up. Yep. People are going to think she's a white lady. Sorry, Lefty. I, I think it's... um. The other hard part, I think, is that this is a little bit attached to ego in that white passing Latina people may not want to accept that part of the opportunity they have had is based on how they look versus what they've earned. Mm -hmm. Because that's a hard thing to swallow. Like, what do you mean I just got something because I walked in and looked away? I worked hard. I earned this. Do you know what I came from? I came from poverty. I came, like, we have a hard story. We want to believe that everything is based on our merit and not, I walked into a room and somebody thought I was white or cute or whatever, had good hair and got the thing, the job, the loan, the opportunity. That's a hard pill to swallow.
0: Yeah, that is. The other piece to, to this that I was thinking about that I had to sit in my own juices again with the juices. I'm Why a very are you marinating. Juicy, you know, because I let things sit in my brain for hours at a time. I have nothing else mm-hmm. to do sometimes mm-hmm. on the weekends when I'm mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you know, in terms of like on paper, my last name doesn't always afford me to be sure. Perceived as anything but because mm-hmm. my last name is of it ends with an e z like a million other different mm-hmm. types of last names, right? In comparison to say, you know, your last name could be perceived as Italian or it was uh, forever, or yeah, a bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. So on paper, you're white passing. Yep, and I'm not. Yep, and how that impacts people differently, mm-hmm. and again. Just talking about the Latine experience more specifically, that is certainly you know a a part of the conversation of this of this entirety. Like that enters into that mm-hmm. because that is not something that I can necessarily hide from. Not that I'm trying to, but like, what am I going right. to do? What are you gonna change, change my last name sure. on on an application? Well, before? and people For... used
1: to, and, and they they're... did.
0: And there are some folks that I know where their parents, like my first and middle name, yeah, they are not typical or stereotypical Latina names at all. But my last name is. So if I only introduce myself mm-hmm. by my first name, like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But when I put my last name into the mix, for sure, that's yep. going to be plopping me into a certain other checkbox.
1: And I- And again, this goes back to people being uncomfortable when they can't place you. And this is the bocha plight, right? You're in the middle. You don't fit here. You don't fit there. Oh my gosh. You're a mezcla. And at the end of it, I feel like that's where we have to be just okay to be the mix. It's okay to be complicated. It's okay to be hundreds and thousands of years of ancestors that it took to get you here to today and you want to be able to like summarize yourself in three words? No. <laughs> We're, we, no, we don't get that. We don't get that. And for people to expect that is insane. Mm. It's insane. We can live in the uncertainty of other people's perceptions as long as we are in the whole nalga version of ourselves and who you are at your core and your authentic self whatever that means to you whoever your ancestors fought for you to be whoever life forced you to evolve into you are fucking worthy because you're just you like you got here today whatever it took to be here that's okay And you don't have to explain that shit to anybody. It's okay. That's the whole reason we started this podcast.
0: You know, this conversation about the white passing is definitely a very pocha conversation. Yes. Because it is the neither here nor there. Not just from a a skin uh, tone perspective, but it's also a language perspective. Mm -hmm. It's also a... perspective of how many degrees away from immigration were you perspective the authenticity from one side of the border to the other or the the acceptance of one side of the border to the other so this this to me was like the perfect juice to be stewing in because this was Mm -hmm. all things at that intersection of brown pride and assimilation it's all the things all of them
1: and we cannot simplify life down to a few check marks we are complicated beings and that is the beauty of it that is where the beauty lives in the complexity of I just said complexity like I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable (laughs) the complexity is where the beauty is that's how we get to be who we are so to criticize it and to diminish it to you're either this or that you are feeding into that white supremacy like a motherfucker and I beg you to back it up Mm. back it up
0: Mm. words to live by don't feed into that shit
1: Mm -mm. I mean
0: and you know it's okay to like sit there and dwell for a second to see where you're at but just to learn not to not to to c- c- continue on with this white supremacy. Mm-hmm. It's to learn from where you're at and just be better in your authentic self.
1: Let's think about it. We're Let's done. talk about it. Let's process it. Let's. I just saw the most amazing video on probably TikTok, uh, and there were there was a Mexican, a person who was Indian, and I forget what the other one. And they were all talking about the chuncha how it was a thing in their culture Mm -hmm. like bro we are not different Mm -mm. we are not different don't try to make it a thing because that that is the goal of white supremacy to make us fight amongst each other so that we cannot understand with every ounce of our being that we have the power of the people we are the people the people that our whole country is based on the people that built every single thing we have we are those people and we forget it because we're told by the dominant culture that we are not important we are not worthy if we don't ascribe to these particular things if we don't look like these particular things if we don't check all these fucking boxes then we cannot be fuck you bro no we are the people damn i just got on a Sick Box. Oh, I'm I'm loving this. I told you I already started drinking champagne before we got here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send you a bottle before,
1: <laughs> every, before why, every episode. Why don't you do this shit episode one?
0: <laughs> no. Damn. Damn.
1: Kat, this is a brilliant conversation. Um, I am interested to see what happens to these particular TikTokers and how they... Uh, not remedy, but address the feedback that they're getting. And there has
0: been a lot of feedback, like mm-hmm. this conversation and nuance specific to the Latina community and communities, because we're a whole bunch. That aside, there has been a lot of feedback, a lot of, um, in particular, from indigenous communities, indigenous TikTok, black TikTok. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. has been a lot of backlash. And there have also been some individuals who are trying to parse out the different pieces to it,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: not necessarily to, and again, I'm not making a judgment call, but there are some individuals who are not defending them, but they're definitely looking at the language with which they used, not to excuse the trauma or the hurt that was caused because there just was, period. But it was, it was very interesting and that was definitely a rabbit hole that I went down over the over the past week so yeah this was something that i was definitely interested to see how this whole plot Mm -hmm. unraveled Mm -hmm. and just and also to see the other conversations and to see what other people were saying about it because there are definitely learning points from this for sure
1: we can all keep learning every day
0: and it was it was very interesting to hear different perspectives from indigenous tiktok from black tiktok and the learning that happened across Mm -hmm. different bipoc communities
1: we yes if nothing else
0: the creators got this whole conversation well i shouldn't say they got it they they really this one went viral but there has there there were other creators who have talked about this prior to but because of the amount of followers that Mm -hmm. lance has it it totally just it blew up
1: so should they have taken it down
0: Oh, I mean, uh, that's a good question. I think that depends on why they took it down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or, and even maybe why they put it up to begin with. Sure. I don't actually know if they make money off of this. That's that's the part of TikTok mm, that I just don't right, freaking yeah. understand. But if, y- if you're a creator and consistently on there to make money, why take it down if that's going to continue to generate at least some revenue because people are viewing it? Mm -hmm. But if you are really in it to create conversations, I guess take it down and have a very, like they're going to do that live upcoming, Mm -hmm. have a very thorough conversation about what this all means Mm -hmm. and hear back from the community, have that dialogue. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But I don't know. I I don't know. And you, what do you think?
1: I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. I I mean, my... Initial gut says don't take it down. Give people a platform. Like you have a platform, give people a platform. But I also understand trolls are a whole other breed of trolls are insane. Mm-hmm. It is a whole thing. So I also understand that we're human. Influencers, TikTokers, people with big followings are not immune to feelings. And it hits a nerve, like there's a point at which you can't separate, oh, I'm an influencer or these are just followers from, damn, that stings my heart, like this makes me feel a certain way as a human being. So I think whatever they needed to do to maintain sanity and grounding and presence as human beings is what they needed to do. Um And I'm glad to see that they're still looking to address it in some way because obviously people have a lot to say about it and hopefully they can learn from some of it too. Because again, nobody is a thousand percent woke and understands all the intricacies of every single fucking thing. So if you're not here to keep learning, uh, hang it up, hang it up. I hope we can all just keep learning from it.
0: in the learning sense like I like to I do like to sometimes go back and listen to some of our shows just to see like oh wow would I feel the same way would I think the same way oh yeah and yeah and just have that marinate for a little bit like wow like look where we look how far we've come even in progression of thought progression of conversations progression of of that intersection and where sometimes like where sometimes in that intersection, I'm finding myself now. Like, am I closer to the street of...
1: Oh, dude, totally. I, like, if someone came... First of all, if if a listener came and said, oh, in episodio 14, you said this, and then in the weedy weedy of August of 2022, you said this other thing, first of all, I'd be like, motherfucker, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, you paid attention and took some notes, Damn. Yes, I'm going to send you a sticker. But also, we should keep evolving. We should grow. Every opportunity, every experience, every day is a chance for us to grow as human beings. And if you're not doing that, if you're so stuck in your shit that you cannot change or shift or whatever, eh, yeah, I have an issue with that.
0: And as a creator, but of the podcast world, I wouldn't take an Episodio or a Weedy Weedy down if, even if I had said something or if there was something in there that I have evolved from, no. because that's still a standalone piece for me in my brain. Agreed. And I'm like, okay, you know what I have? Because for me, accountability is like, okay, I have learned or I have grown yes. or I'm digging my feet my heels yep. even deeper in something and no you are not going to move me because I'm stubborn like a damn mule yes.
1: and that is and we've talked about cancel culture before mm-hmm. that's that whole thing I hope may no one judge me on my worst day
0: yeah
1: <sighs> Whew it's got a deep cat
0: and I love it I love that this really did like scratch at a had a nerve that really made me think
1: well you when you first said like oh let's talk about this i was like oh i don't really want to do that can't we just talk like about tortillas or something <laughs> <laughs> but then that initial hesitation is what told me okay this is something we need to talk about because we're not the only ones grappling right now if i'm feeling that way we are not the only ones trying to process yeah <sighs> This, this, and this whole this whole podcast was
0: all about the process for me. Yep. In my brain, in my heart, in my soul. Whew. And thank you for the listeners who've gone on this journey with us, and hopefully had a few laughs. I still think about the one um, listener who, t- I I think they messaged you and said like they were in the gym. They- <laughs> dropped the weights. And they dropped the weights listening to us.
1: I still think about the one listener who gave us a one star rating. <laughs> That's where I'm at with no explanation whatsoever. Not even like Charlene's annoying. Nothing. I mean. Cause I could at least like, well, I, I was going to say I could work on that, but no, I'm no. not going to be less annoying, <laughs> but still I would know nothing. Just one star.
0: Uh, well, you know, if you want to leave some stars, you can on Apple iTunes iTunes give us a review let us know how we're doing mm-hmm. you can reach out to us directly and give us a review and let us know how we're I doing do. <laughs> we're email on us. the socials Where email
1: us uh, you can email us at butchapodcast at gmail.com you can find us on instagram mostly usually mm. on facebook hardly on twitter um And you can always listen on all the places where you get your podcasty goodness. We are all around. We would love it if you would tell your people, subscribe, share all the things. And please leave us a review. And if you're going to leave stars, like tell us why. Hopefully it's five stars and you're like, you're amazing. But if not, if you leave one, you're subpar. (laughs) Leave a reason.
0: This is the July Weedy Weedy for the Porcha podcast at that intersection of brown pride and assimilation. And next month we have big things for you as well. So keep an eye out. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we'll see you on the flip side. Bye.